Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Pori, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsom. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, TJ Peterson, and the Florida Panthers are first place in the NHL. They are first place by points. They are first place by points percentage. They are first place by goal differential. They are second in regulation wins and regulation overtime wins. Uh, but that's still good. I This team's a fucking wagon, dude. Like, it, This may be the best iteration of the Florida Panthers that we have ever seen. Certainly the best since we started doing the podcast. There's no doubt that the best iteration of the Florida Panthers is after we started doing the podcast. There's no question. I, I don't know if this is better than the, uh, at least in terms of regular season performance, than the team that won the President's Trophy. Uh, it's, I don't know, like, I've been I've been checked out on the regular season for quite a while now, to be totally honest. And I think I've already been talking about that. It's like, okay, you know, it's entertaining hockey, sure, but, like, the results don't really matter to me, provided that they don't go on some insane losing streak like the L.A. Kings did. Earlier in the year, I don't really care about the seeding because I don't think Toronto's all that strong, although they have been better recently, which, you know, winning isn't necessarily the same as playing well. Uh, but Matthews is up to like 57 goals or something like that. <laughs> that's a, it, It's actually not that far from where he is. I think he's got 50, 52 or no, 53. He, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty close. Matthews Sam currently back in leads second. the league in goals with 53. And yes, Sam Reinhardt is back in second. Zach Hyman hit 40 before Reinhardt, uh, but Reinhardt now at 41 takes second place back. No one's catching Matthews. The the Reinhardt for the Reinhardt for Rocket campaign was fun while it lasted, but no one's catching Austin Matthews at this point. We kind of knew that it was going to happen. I mean, Matthews is just a ridiculously gifted goal scorer. We'll we'll take Reinhardt for being very gifted at every level of the game. Yeah. So another win, you know, ho hum. I, I've kind of already been leading into this attitude. It's like, yeah, the, the regular season. It's got there's another month and a half of this. The trade deadline is really the thing that's <laughs> most intriguing to me. The games are fun. I encourage everybody to watch them. I encourage everybody to go if you have the means, if you have, have the time, etc. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's just like. All right, we kind of have an idea what you know up until the trade deadline at least of what this team is and like let's see what that's going to mean for the playoffs, you know. Yeah. What TJ is trying to say just before everyone gets their torches and pitchforks is that the Panthers are making the playoffs. Period. Like there's there would have to be some monumental collapse for them to not and TJ in particular doesn't really care if they are first seed in the in the conference or second, it doesn't matter. Third, whatever. Um, not this year, definitely right. not this year. I feel a bit differently about it. <laughs> I love watching this team play, knowing like never before have I been so confident going into every and any game that the Panthers can, should, and will win. 
Losing yeah. has become a true event for the Panthers because it happens so infrequently. Yeah. This team has 40 wins, 16 regulation losses, four overtime losses. 40 wins. Two wins for every loss. Right. What I mean when I say this is the best iteration of the Panthers is, yes, the President's Trophy team was very good, but how many multi-goal comebacks did that team need to overcome? You know, they th- this team starts, like, this, this year's version of the Florida Panthers, they start the game strong, they beat you down, and they finish the game strong. There were lapses in the President's Trophy team. This team does not have those lapses. That team, I believe, was first in the league in goals four, uh, if I am not mistaken, with 340. Yes, they led the league in goals four, but they also were not particularly strong in terms of goals against. They They were pretty middle of the pack in goals against. They led the league in goal differential on the strength of their goals four, but... I mean, this year's team leads the league in goal differential on the back of having the second fewest goals against in the league. This team does not have the lapses that that team did. It's not relying on the heroics that that team did. If you are asking me which version of the Florida Panthers I would rather watch night in, night out, I'm taking this year's over the President's Trophy here. I mean, using the word watch is probably not the word you want to use because if we're talking about if you're okay if you're talking if you're if you're asking me which team do i think would win a game against the other the 23 24 team beats the 21 22 team yeah i mean hindsight is absolutely 2020 here we know how that season ended when the playoffs came around and look like that the way that that team is viewed is definitely you know, uh, guiding my opinion on this ending stretch. It's like, you know, it's great. They're winning all these games. You know, we'll, we'll remember it uh, as, as being, you know, a lot of strong indicators of hockey, but everybody felt the same way during the President's Trophy year. And I think that's fine if you don't then go back on it and say, you know, I knew that team was flawed the whole time. I knew we needed to move on for the coach. I don't, I don't necessarily think that people are doing that by, you know, saying that they knew all along that they were going to lose, but yeah, you know, it's talked about as if, but like that team was, you know, just tripping over themselves into somehow winning games. And then, you know, they were exposed yeah. to the frauds that we all knew that they were. Yeah. I, I will give the president's trophy team credit. They led the league in Corsi four percentage that year. They led yeah. the league in Fenwick four percentage that year. Um, I think they were either first or they were second in expected goals four percentage that year. So like, Yes, the 21-22 team, the play driving metrics were still very strong, just like this year's. Yeah, I mean, but the play whatever shortcomings that there. team had, this team does not. They don't have as, as some of the offensive strengths, I think would be the counter argument. But no, <laughs> they will come trade offense. deadline when they reclaim Anthony Duclair. We hope. <laughs> Or, you know, Although, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the Chris Tanev trade? I, I I mean, I'll talk about it, but I'm glad the Panthers didn't do it. I am too, but that's not what I mean. Um, what, what I mean is it feels to me like that trade, like the return for Chris Tanev seems like less than what I would expect. 
for okay. a right-handed defenseman of his reputation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean there there is the age component and the fact yeah. that Calgary like hates retaining salary. They retained fifty percent though. Yeah, they were did. I guess they did retain in this. They case. retained the hell out of them. <laughs> yeah, they they retained to the maximum. So that is totally irrelevant. My apologies. It was a three-team trade. The Flames end up with Artem Grushnikov, uh, a 2024 second, and a 2026 third. But the third is conditional upon them making the finals. Yeah, which otherwise they don't get. Anything. I guess it's possible, but um, like, and then the Devils get the Stars' 2026 fourth. So the Stars give up a prospect of questionable quality a second, a third, and a fourth for a very strong right-handed defenseman, granted injury-prone, but and like 34, 35 years old. But that's, I mean, that just feels like, it, it feels weird to me that Chris Tanev wouldn't get a first-round pick, you know? Because he's a right-handed defenseman and right. like the excels at the, the defensive parts of the game and like, if you were to have a conversation with one of the 200 hockey men in the last like half decade uh, and you, you know, the topic came up of like, what players do you need to win in the playoffs? They would say, Oh, you need, <laughs> they would describe Chris Tanner. defensively responsible <laughs> guys on your blue line. And then all of a sudden they just, people don't really care about Chris Tanner. He just gets a second round pick. Right. So like, this year might be a buyer's market at the deadline is kind of the, the point that I'm getting to by bringing up the Chris Tanev trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's a buyer's market, then Bill Zito should be working that phone. I think that he should be working the phone anyway. Of course. The, the worst case scenario is that you can, and Bill Zito has earned the goodwill to do this. A lot of other GMs ne- wouldn't necessarily have it. If you go out and you make a move at the deadline and it doesn't seem to be working out, bench the guy. You can do that. Like Bill Bill Zito <laughs> has the goodwill yeah. that he could go out and spend significant draft capital or other assets. They don't really have tremendous assets. I mean, we've talked we've talked about it in the past. But it, you know, let's say they go out and they get Anthony Duclair for a third round pick. And he I'd has be surprised no if he was that expensive. Round. Who knows? I really don't. But it, let's say he doesn't have any goals and just two assists in the first 15 games. He's not going to play in the playoffs. Do we Do we particularly care? We feel good about this this team the way that it is. I wouldn't necessarily feel good about them not making any moves at the deadline just because of, like, the opportunity is there. And this isn't the NBA. That's one thing that I want to point out here. And everybody's like, well, what do you mean this isn't the NBA? I mean, we all understand that this isn't played on hardwood and there's a puck instead of a ball. What I mean by this is at the NBA is that the best team rarely wins in the NHL. So in order to you're battling luck as much as you're battling the other teams. Yeah. So you need to really stock up. You really need to be loaded to be able to compete against the other teams and luck. Where did I see a report that Noah Hannafin would extend with the Panthers if he was traded here? I don't know. Again, not that I want the Panthers to go after Hannafin, but I I did see that. Um, yeah. 
Ilya, so, Ilya Labushkin was apparently pulled from the Ducks lineup tonight, by the way. So that's happening. Talk about a player that I don't want. Yeah, the rumor there is Toronto, which is funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> I heard Matt Dumba in Toronto, too. It's like, talk about polar opposites of players. The yin and the yang. If you if you combine them, you'd get a decent defenseman. If they defended Maybe like Labushkin the and, and attacked like Dumba, well, I mean... The problem is when they're on the ice, they're going to be terrible at one of the sides of the game. Yeah. The Panthers, the, the thing the thing about the deadline this year for the Panthers is they don't need a blockbuster trade. Like they, they just need a depth scoring player. That, like that's Do you think that they needed a blockbuster trade the year they won the president's trophy? Claude Giroux uh was more enticing than I think anyone who is on the block this year or rumored to be. I think that's valid. I mean, I mean, Claude Giroux might be available at this deadline. Who knows? Yeah, you know. Uh, although I'm not sure I take Claude Giroux in 2020. Claude Giroux today um, is not as enticing as Claude Giroux was on that day. No. Um. So I, I think when a player like Giroux becomes available at the deadline, you kind of have to at least make that phone call. And he wanted to and come he, here. He was really good here, also. Yes. Like, I I don't want it to be to be undersold that Claude Giroux was really good as a Panther. It's getting retconned a bit into that. Like that's the reason that they lost because the Knicks got screwed up because he was here. They probably don't beat the Capitals. If he wasn't here. I want to look up his playoff stats from that year. And he had 23 points in 18 games in the regular season for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, he was absolutely eight, good eight points in ten games that in that year's playoffs. Three goals, five yeah. assists. Like he was, he, he, he was, was good. He was a monster against Washington, and yeah. and look, they just, you know, the Vasilevsky was great in the second round, and they kind of just brought a a knife to a gunfight. That that series is pretty similar, looking back on it, to the Carolina Florida series from last year, although. Carolina did get to overtime twice. Yeah. And then the other one of the other games ended with four seconds left. The game it is four seconds left. It we the the postseason picture is shaping up right now in such a way that the Panthers would play the lightning with home ice advantage in round one. So that that's something interesting to keep an eye on. Um though I still think it would be funnier for Tampa to miss the playoffs entirely. Uh, but yeah, like there's there's no there's no home run swing to make at the deadline this year because there isn't really anyone of that caliber available, in my opinion. Like obviously, yes, I, I've been a staunch defender of the position that the best way to create depth is to force depth. Yes. Rather than obtain depth. Uh, but there's no one that's that's truly available right now that makes me that makes me scream from the rooftops that that's who we need and you push whoever needs to be pushed down pushed down to get him whereas Anthony Duclair we have a sample size a significant sample size of him as a panther playing well in a middle six role and that's what we need yeah i don't want to because we started talking about the um, Tanev trade, I want to give my thoughts on like that kind of player, or just like in general, the idea of the Panthers acquiring a defenseman, like a, a top four defenseman, let's say. 
I I think it would be a bad idea because I think that the way that they're playing, and this could change playoff time. We will need to see it. But I I don't think that Maurice necessarily needs horses on the back end other than like Forsling and Ekblad to hold down the first pairing. Yeah. I think that he's brought in Mikola, a guy that is a good NHL defenseman, but by no means the caliber of guy that you think is, you know, good enough to be a number three defenseman on a, on a cup winner. And he's just been excellent all year. Yeah. And they, they've won with him being their number three defenseman. They won with Oliver Ekman Larson, who got bought out with significant signing bonus in his contract. So it was like, it was not really even an easy buyout for the Canucks. That's how bad he was, that they were forced to buy him out. They were winning with him as their number one defenseman. So I don't think again, they need like, uh, those kind of horses on the back end. Vancouver, need... Vancouver OEL was also recovering from ankle surgery. Florida yeah. OEL is recovered from ankle surgery. I do think it's fair to say that that was impressive for them to win with him as their number one defenseman, though. Yeah. As much as they did. Yes. And I think that's this is this is the way that they're playing. And the system is enabling guys on the back end to do well, no matter if they're talented to the extent that we expect it or not. And the same is absolutely not the case for the offense. How many goals does Anton Lundell have this season? Five? Uh, Sam Reinhardt yeah, has four. Not many, and two of them were in one game recently. Yes. He has eight. Okay, so that is much better than the number I pointed out. So I do want to I do want to apologize for not giving him enough credit. But, you know, Reinhardt and Lundell played together that President's Trophy winning year. Yeah. So, like, it's it's not crazy to say that at one point their numbers were supposed to be somewhat in line with one another. And, I mean, the, the deployment is going to skew that, obviously. But we've talked about it all year long. The, the bottom six scoring for this team is not there. Which meets, leads me to believe that the scoring they are doing is talent driven, not yeah. system driven. Because you're not seeing guys like Lomberg, Gadjevich, you know, they're not putting up double digit goals. They're not on pace to score double digit goals this year. Anton Lindell's on pace to score 13 goals, 12 goals, something like that. Yeah. And he's playing the top six this year. So if if you were to spend serious assets to acquire a player, I think that it has to be a forward. Of course. And that and like that would be the case for Gensel. I, I, I was just explaining it to you off the air, my theory of this. When I visualize the Panthers losing a playoff game, it's not six five. It's not them just unable to protect Bob or Bob having a crappy game and them being unable to outscore that problem, which we totally thought was going to be what this well, season was. We thought that's how the first two months were going to be. Yeah, true. That's true. We didn't think that's how the whole season was going to go. But when Ekblad and Montour were both out, we thought that's what they were going to have to do. We were yeah. not correct about that. When, when I visualize them losing a game 
in the playoffs or a series. What I what I imagine is one of those games that we've seen all year long where they have 35 shots and one or two goals and the other team has 30 shots and three goals. Yeah. And they go down or you know maybe they're shut out. Like th- tonight was looking like another one of those games until the talent of Sam Reinhardt <laughs> got them back in the game. That was such a filthy shot, man. Sam Reinhardt's shorthanded goal. Yeah. It was unbelievable. You know, that is something that Anton Lundell could do as well, though. That's his specialty. He yeah. loves that short side shot on the RVH goalie. He hit one of those. Uh, that was how he scored his overtime winner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A few weeks ago. That's right. That's right. Anyway, uh, so if they went out and they got Gensel and they paid the price to get him and they, lo- I, I would want the, him, them to decide that then he's part of their core and they probably have to subtract from it. Uh, it's probably going to take Lundell. Maybe they can make it work without him. But like, I'd support that because you're working towards this theory that like the guys know, in the man. bottom six that are that are producing defensive results that you that you like, you can pretty much replace that. But you need the scoring to beat Luck and the other team in the playoffs. I mean, it's I, all about I, winning I, a cup. I just we, we I, that- I just don't feel like the assets required to get Gensel are worth it unless he comes with a guaranteed extension. Yeah, I mean I I think I think Renzo Bill Zito just is not the really type work. of like Bill Zito has proven to not be the type of GM to just go for the rental with the exception of that President's Trophy season. Yeah, and I think he was doing a lot of things that he you know, wouldn't necessarily do in the future. Yeah. They, I, mean, I don't think he's going to make that Sherratt trade in the future. No. And Bill Zito and his staff have really made a point of going after players that they would want to keep. Not to say that Gensel doesn't fit that mold, but if there's no, no confidence that he would resign, it doesn't seem like the type of move that Zito would make. Yeah, so you have to adjust the arithmetic of the team. And, I mean, we've kind of already talked about maybe Montour's not coming back next year. Maybe that extension that he's asking for, you're not confident he's going to live up to it. Yeah, the Panthers I I wouldn't be surprised either way. Go ahead. The Panthers are a couple of years away, and by which I mean, like, this July 1st away from being in a real interesting situation because all of the following – players are due for contracts within the next two seasons. Reinhardt, Bennett, Verhage, uh, Montour, Forsling, Ekblad. Like it's you, between the if, six of them all being due for extensions within the next two years. The Panthers are in a very interesting spot and there's, there's going to have to be a bit of hope that the rumors we've heard about how much the cap is about to increase within the next two years uh, that those rumors are true. Yeah, I mean, there is, I've always thought that when we're talking about the cap going up, we do need to keep in mind that the cap goes up for every team. Yeah. So I have said in the past that like the cap going up is a bad thing for the Panthers. So the flat cap, I mean, the flat cap is why they made the playoffs that first year. Flat cap is how they got Carter, Carter Verhaney. The flat yes. cap is how they got Anthony Duclair. The flat cap was great for the Panthers. Let's be 100% clear about that. I disagree with your point that 
the cup going up is bad for the Panthers now. Yeah. I understand why you said it then, but now the Panthers are a contender. Sunrise is a destination. Like this is somewhere players want to come. So the cap going up has become a good thing for the Panthers too. Yeah. Now that they don't have as many locked in contracts, the cap going up is a good thing. The only players signed beyond the next two seasons are Barkov, Kachuk, Rodriguez, Etu, Mikola, and Spencer Knight. And Sergei. That that absolutely key piece, Evan Rodriguez. And you know, we believe that. He's signed. (laughs) He's got got a four year deal. He's going to one. We're we're happy that he signed for three. Of course. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's. It's it's a bargain. I mean, yeah, that's gonna be that contract is gonna age great. He'll be thirty three years old when it's over, and you let him go. Yeah, or you bring him back on a cheaper deal, or that. We'll see what we'll see what kind of wheels he's got left. Yeah. Uh, so when you read out that list, two names were for me were the ones that the discrepancy between how valuable they are to the team and what their value would be on the market. The two the two names where the, the they would be more valuable to, to the team than on the market. It's Forsling and Verhage, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think that the league understands how much that they've gotten out of Forsling and like how well he fits into what they need from that position. I mean, he he spent a full season in the AHL prior to coming to the Panthers. Yeah. Gus Forsling is a Calder Cup champion with the Charlotte Checkers. That's correct. Like, let's, he, that needs to be remembered. <laughs> he passed through waivers before he hit waivers again, and the Panthers claimed him. And now he's a genuine, bona fide top pairing defenseman playing the I don't best th- hockey of his career this season. I don't think the Panthers ever expected that he could be this. No. But again, Bill Zito's team, like, Name a more iconic duo than Bill Zito and waiver claims. The answer is Bill Zito and trading with the Calgary Flames. Um, <laughs> but like Zito's done a phenomenal job with waiver claims. Jake, I can only think of one example for each of those. Who's the other waiver claim that we're really glad we, we had? Josh Mahura. I mean, he's not even playing right now. No, but he was he's fantastic healthy. last year. Yeah, he was important. Can Jonah Gadjevich be an honorary waiver claim? No. <laughs> um, you can only think of one other example of the Panthers trading with Calgary also. Just Matthew Kachuk. Oh, Sam, Sam Bennett. Bennett. Was there and also in terms of former Flames, I know this wasn't a Zito trade, but Lomberg. It's true. Yeah, it wasn't even a trade. He signed as a free agent. True, 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 true. And it feels like Duclair was there, even though he wasn't. No, it doesn't feel like that. All right, fine. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't. I don't see Duclair in Calgary. Um, yeah, I, I. I trust. I trust Bill Zito's team with waiver pickups, and Gus Forsling is one of the primary reasons why. And I still want to make sure that I, grain of salt, this the way that I always do. I still can't stand watching Forsling when he has the puck in the Panthers zone, but he's very good at everything else that he does yeah. other than handle the puck in his own end. <laughs> yeah. 
he doesn't have the lowest center of gravity that I've ever seen. Yeah. But he's really good. And yeah. I think it that might be a be bit of confirmation get... bias also, but his breakout passes get intercepted a lot. Yeah. I mean, I would rather Montour throw out a breakout pass, for example. Yeah. But he's he's really good. He's very valuable to them. And I think that he probably understands that if he hits the open market, he's not going to get eight by eight, for example. No, of course not. Now, I might be Florida, wrong. Florida's not giving him eight by eight either. Right. He's making 2.6 right now, 2.7. That was that was an re- absurd contract the day it was signed, by the way. I don't think it was the day it was signed. It became it ridiculous very quickly. I think it was. Okay. In my opinion. So what do you sign him at? He's 27 years old on an expiring deal as a UFA. What do you give him? Six by six? I mean, if he'll take it, I would go higher. You would go higher than six million for Gus Forsley. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's risky. I mean, I think it's pretty risky to lose him. Yeah, considering the, considering what's in the cupboard for the Panthers in terms of defensemen, unless you have some sort, unless you're like really confident that you can go into July one and sign Noah Hannafin to an eight by eight. Because if but you can you replace Gus Forsling with Noah Hannafin, yeah, probably. I'm not even sure I that's mean, he, a hot take. Is he younger? I think he's better. You don't think that Noah Hannafin is a better defenseman than Gus Forsling? I mean, Gus Forsling's been better this year. I don't think that's fair because Noah Hannafin plays on the tire fire that is the Calgary Flames. Jake, did you know that Gus Forsling leads the league in plus minus? Have you considered this? Have you thought about that? Hannafin actually hasn't been that bad. He's been worse than Forsling this year, sure. But he hasn't been bad. Their expected goals numbers are pretty similar. I personally have never been a big fan of Hannafin. So my 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 own bias is going to come into play here. And we're we're looking at the uh evolving wild rap charts now and Forslings is pretty clearly better. Yeah, but, but if you look Hannafin's at the goals numbers they're about the same. Yeah, I mean look, look despite me thinking that he's been overrated probably his entire career that's not it's not to the extent where I think he's a mediocre player. I think he's the Ca- top Carolina Hannafin was very good. He's the top defenseman on your second pair, and he can hang on the first pair. But I think that Forsling's as much of a value to that first pair as Ekblad. And that's probably a better pair than any pair that Hannafin's playing on this year. Hannafin's been really good the last three years. It's weird that this year has been particularly not good in terms of his raw impact. Well, yeah. We're now we're looking at the uh, hockey vis charts, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't really, I would not personally go out and pay the the price for Noah Hannafin. I would definitely consider doing it for Jake Gensel, but. The most on-brand trade that the Panthers could possibly make at the deadline is not for either player. It's for the player that we talked about. Um, maybe, the, maybe the first time any of you have ever heard of this guy, and he oh, currently plays for. I don't think so because they're in a playoff spot. No, but like we did it last year. 
Not, when did we mention it last? Oh, we know we mentioned it on the over unders. I was like, this is the breakout player of the year, and he hasn't necessarily been that. But well, Tommy he's also Novak. he's also been injured. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but still, he's he's what thirty eight games played, around twenty five. I think points? he's at like thirty two points. Oh, so he's he's played more games than that. Where did his Tommy Novak on the Predators, which is not necessarily a talent factory on ter- in terms of the offense, is over a half point per game, making less than a million dollars, and really not generating a whole lot of buzz. Now, uh, you know, based on everything that I've said uh, about the way that this team plays and, you know, what they need and what they don't need from their players. He's he's 32 points in 49 games, by the way. That's pretty solid. I mean, yeah. the Preds aren't necessarily a place where an average player can go and be a point per game player. So so him putting up, you know, a, two points every three games, let's say, is very strong. Yeah, I, I don't see that trade happening because because Nashville is in a playoff spot currently. And usually teams that are right on the bubble aren't so quick to sell. Yeah, Nashville on points percentage is currently sitting in wild card two in the West. So they're, they're I like still think right they're going to sell, though. I don't know, because if you look at the Western Conference standings, like there's no one all that close to them. Calgary and St. Louis are both five points back with a game in hand. And they they're three and four, but I don't think they're gonna like go for squeaking into the playoffs. I like the way that Trotz has operated. I don't think that that's what he's gonna do, and I think that they they might sell on Novak and say to themselves, "All right, he's not here anymore, but we can still make the playoffs." I mean, they they sold um, Tanner Janot, they sold Ekholm last year and they still almost made the playoffs sure. i i see it being like that this Look, year. I yeah if tommy novak no, do... if tommy novak is available yes i want him but also that's another player that you could probably get on july 1st i cross my fingers i mean that does remind me of verhage rodriguez yep. that kind of guy novak is I... going to be this summer's version of that I think that Bill Zito would probably be all over that. Yeah. But he might get a head start and just go ahead and get him now. <laughs> Depending on the, the return, is... I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I don't think the buzz is necessarily there for him to require a major return. I think he might be talking about you can probably get him for a second rounder. And I'd be I'd be very happy with that. Of course, Duclair is then like the real low cost option. There is a uh, you know a track record of him being able to succeed on this team, and even last year with Maurice, like he, he was good in the playoffs. Yeah, he had some. He had a lot of utility in the playoffs, where you know that's now the focus of everything that they do is because they play that style that they think is necessary to play in the playoffs in the regular season as well. So it's you you might say, oh, like he's not a Panthers type player because he's not as you know committed to the four check or whatever. But I mean, they've got that. They have plenty of that. So if they if they think they got to double down on their four check, they can just give those guys extra minutes and 
Duclair can play nine minutes instead of 14 <laughs> minutes, you know? Yeah. And I, I'd be very curious to see what the price is because I feel like his cap hit was the reason that he was able to be picked up by the Sharks so cheap uh, in the offseason. And it's always different at the trade deadline because the cap isn't as much of a concern because everybody's cap hit is cut, you know, 60%. And you can always get retention. And I don't I don't know if the Sharks are going to be retaining on three salaries. They did already retain on Carlson, but I don't think that there's two other guys besides Duclair that are necessarily going to get retained on. They just don't have a lot of guys with any salary. I mean, it may be Kakinen, maybe Mackenzie Blackwood. How funny would it be if Mackenzie Blackwood went back to the Devils, by the way? They I do think it's a genuine possibility. It is a genuine possibility. Um I don't think it'll happen, but that would be really funny. Anyway, um, Jake, who's another player that the Panthers might look at at this trade deadline? You know, I started thinking about it right before the Panthers game against this particular team, uh, but a team that is certainly not really sniffing the playoff conversation right now, uh, seven points out of a playoff spot out of wildcard two in the East. Um, I really, I'm very intrigued by Anthony Mantha. Yeah. He's, he's a big motherfucker. Yes. Res- responsible to responsible two ways has a history of being able to score. Uh, hasn't really done it as much in the last couple of years, but is there a team that has done better at rehabbing careers than the Panthers in the last two or three years? I, I think, think so. I think Anthony Mantha has Bill Zito's name written all over him. That's tough to this say. This guy is a two-way force. My goodness. There's I knew a little he bit was of the good, Sam Bennett. Jeez. There's a little bit of the Sam Bennett in him like being like a tough-nosed player with pedigree, yeah. but there haven't really been a lot of pedigree guys that Zito. I mean, yeah, has... I don't know, man. If the return for Bennett was two seconds at that at that reputation, and Mantha probably isn't as well regarded. If you can get away with a second and a third, he's got a high salary. That's one True. thing. So retain, get 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 Washington to retain. Yeah, I mean, they there would definitely need to be retention involved, and I don't know what his salary concerns would be like. Uh, I remember the insiders talking about him, the the Capitals wanting to get rid of him for a long time. Yeah. I guess that nobody was willing to give up much of anything to get him. I mean, I, I bet they would have given him away for free this summer. He just yeah. wouldn't have been worth picking up at that point. That was he was looking like he was gonna be, you know, done. And we could talk about the other guy that was involved in that trade the other major piece of that trade when he went to uh when he went to washington jacob verana had like 10 goals in 20 games as a blue last year so you could be saying like you know maybe he just needs a change of scenery look at what he did in st louis he's got two goals this year i think that injuries are playing a part in that yeah it's been it's just been a a little bit of a time in the wilderness for verana recently but i I do think that that's a name we're throwing out there is potentially Panthers could look at making the him into a reclamation project. The price could be very, very low. And yeah, we know frankly, that's a guy that can put the puck in the net. Mantha is kind of my, my blue chip acquisition at this deadline. That's, that's the guy that I really want 
it would it's like it's given given needs it, and price you're saying blue chip in terms of like the pedigree of the player in terms, in of, terms of how much that's you want them? that's yeah he's top of my board is really what i'm trying to say above tommy novak only only due to circumstance i don't think nashville is going to sell on him i yeah i'm just i'm just playing i know I because I think I think Nashville's in a really interesting position with Novak, where they could probably, as a pending UFA, he's he's twenty seven years old. Uh, they could probably give him like five years, yeah, at three million a year, and laugh their way to the bank. I would do he's it. He's going to be a twenty five goal scorer in this league when he yeah, plays a full season. He's going to hit around. sixty seven, maybe even seventy points at yeah. some point in the next five years. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nashville kind of tries to use him as a building block going forward. I, I, I really don't think they're going to let him go so easily. If he decides to fuck out of Nashville, then I think Bill Zito should be calling his agent. Um, yes. But I, I would be surprised to see Nashville get rid of Tommy Novak at the deadline. Otherwise, he, he- would be my number one. Uh he would be at the top of my trade board. I think Mantha is probably better as a player though. And that, you know, yeah. I've kind of talked about like, you know, them, them having to play against Locke as well as them having to play against the field. And it's also the case where Bobrovsky's 35. So we believe in him in terms of his battle against the aging curve, but are you going to be shocked if next year he's just not good anymore? No. Because I wouldn't be. No. And that's nothing against Bobrovsky. It's just father time is undefeated. Everybody says it all the time because it's true. It's going to win. We just don't know if it's going to be next year. It's going to be the year after. Maybe it could be in five years. Who knows? Maybe Bobrovsky resigns and the Panthers win three <laughs> straight Stanley Cups when he, you know, is 38, 39, 40. One year, one mil until he decides that he's done. Yeah, I mean, Hasek won the cup at like 39 or something like that. Yeah, but that's Dominic Hasek. It is Dominic Hasek. That's true. That's that's not a fair comparison. That's literally the greatest goalie in the history of this league. That shouldn't influence your thinking here, though. What it, You should operate under the assumption that he, you know, you don't know how many more good years of Bobby got. You yeah. really don't. So time's of the essence. I think it would be unfair to say that next year is a big question mark, but the fu- the future ain't that long when you got a 35-year-old starting goalie. And no, but also with- his trade protection gets easier to work with after this season. Right. If that becomes the conversation. Yeah. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I don't either. It's always in it's always in play. Yeah. And the fact uh, is I still don't think anyone wants to take on that contract. Yeah. He could win the Vezina this year. He could win the Vezina this year, and I still don't think anyone would want it. Yeah. And for the record, I think he should be in the Vezina conversation this year. He's been so good. Yeah, Vezina conversation, though, is kind of one guy, and that's Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. But Bobrovsky should... Bobrovsky, in my opinion, has earned a finalist. uh, Should be on some ballots. Should definitely be on some ballots. So yeah, yeah, Mantha's would be a good guy to get. I I, I think that he's well equipped to play that playoff style. I mean, I, I remember right. him being kind of a bitch to play against in that first round series in in uh, twenty twenty two. 
that was that was he beat annoying. the shit out of Nick Cousins the other day. That's true. That <laughs> much is absolutely true. Nick Cousins got his clock cleaned. And uh, I don't really blame man for that one. I, I'm but, curious. Uh, I, I'm going to take a quick look at the hockey fights uh, card for that. What did, what, what did you think. what did you think of that? Like Nick Cousins flop on Tuesday. Jesus. Uh, so hockey fights, the Mantha versus Cousins fight from uh, earlier this week. 28 votes. All 28 of them for Mantha. I mean, you would objectively <laughs> be wrong if you didn't vote for Mantha. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that Look, that was... Cousins going above his weight class there. Mantha's yeah. a much bigger man. But, yeah, that was not a, that was not a fair fight. That was not a uh, even fight. That was more of a beatdown. Was that a flop? Cousins kind of got punched in the face. It's funny how he just, like, rose from the dead to get involved in the scrum immediately, though. Yeah. that That's pretty typical Cousins. Yeah, he got hit in the face, though. He did. He, he deserved to go down the way he did for how he was hit. But him, like, holding his face one second and, like, getting in the scrum the next, it's a tough juxtaposition. Yeah, but he's he's the heel at this point. He knows he's got to play that role. The Panthers are a team of heels. That's part of what makes them so fun this year. Kachuk is a heel. Bennett is a heel. Cousins is a heel. Lomberg and Gadjevich are heels. Like this team is made up of heels, and Sasha Markov and Sam Reinhart and Carter Verhage. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's part of what makes this team so much fun. The Panthers are a real villain in the NHL this season. It's so Absolutely. much fun. It's so Absolutely. fun. I could do without some of the bad stuff, but it is fun to be the villain. Part it's of it fun to be winning. the villain when you're good. Yeah, part of it is just the winning. Like That part of it is fun. I mean, I, I think of them as like a college basketball team now where – it's like that's an event when that team comes into an opponent's building and if they yeah. the opponent wins the game the fans react almost like it's a court storming you know the carolina acted the other night like they had just won the double stanley cup that was a, that was a bigger win than 2006 to them <laughs> all of a sudden i mean it was that was a crazy ending i mean to be fair pretty sick goal by my aha but I mean, come on, man. Like every game for the rest of the regular season is kind of just another game. And act like you've been there before, man. In, in Don't pull the act like you've been there before. Come on. Winning is fun. Everybody knows it. Yeah. Let, let people enjoy themselves. Okay. I really don't have a counter argument. <laughs> I'm totally wrong. Anybody, uh, anybody else that we're not talking about in terms of the trade deadline, they have been linked to Max Pacioretty, I think. That's a guy that does fit the mold of, like, he can he can just score a goal out of nothing. He, he's a guy that does drive shooting percentage. Traditionally thought about as one of the guys that has the best, one of the best shots in the league. Is that fair to say? You know, I don't know anymore. Because Max Pacioretty, I mean, he was thought of. He has torn his ACL twice now, right? Yeah, and he's thirty-five. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would want Pacioretty anymore. 
two years ago, pre ACL injury, Max Pacioretty. Yes. I want him very badly. Current Max Pacioretty. I'm not so sure that I do. He's got three goals in 23 games. So I have a feeling that you're going to get him at a very discounted price. 10, yeah, 10 but also he has, if he has three goals in 20, however many games, is that the guy you're busting out the phones to go get? Probably not. Play driving numbers have not been particularly strong this year either. I don't he care about not, that. He like has I've not been. About. He has not been the player that he was in most of his career. Yeah, this is the rare trade deadline where I'm not looking at play driving metrics for players. You know, maybe maybe XG, but I don't really care about what they're doing defensively because I'm confident that they cannot be bad enough defensively for it to matter on this team. That's probably fair. Um, but I still want, I don't know. Like I, I would, so if we're going to make a trade with the capitals, give me Anthony Mantha, not Max Pacioretty. Yeah. Price. It does damn. make sense though. If, if like, if you call them on deadline day and the, the price is a fifth round pick, you probably, well, if do there's it. like some package deal where you end up with Mantha and Pacioretty. Sure. Mantha's off the table because of price or whatever. And Pacioretty is on the table for like a fifth round pick. I'd be uh, on board. I don't know. Are, I are mean, you, there's, pro- there's possibly I, I, guess, I guess you're just sticking him on the third line and letting it ride. Third line and power play two. Third line and power play, yeah. Maybe even power play one, give him a couple of shots. Maybe. But I don't know. Max Pacioretty in this day and age just doesn't excite me. In this economy? Exactly. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, he, sort I think the that, pending UFAs by age. I think... Uh, Saravalli had him linked to the Panthers. You know, there, there's. Been I wonder how of much players. of that is just because of the history of Pacioretty being linked to the Panthers, though. I'm not really aware of the history. He's been linked to the Panthers before. Okay, I don't remember this. And also, the Florida Panthers in 2024 have become a team where any big name player is going to be linked here. That's not one of the bigger names of the trade deadline, though. He's a bigger name in terms of his career, not in terms of like right now. That's true. But I I feel like the Panthers, because of how good they are, because of because of the recent cup run, I not obviously not so much because of the ability to make a big splash return. but the Panthers have kind of put themselves in a position where any player with a reputation, the insiders are going to wonder, hmm, maybe Florida. Because how much does Florida need to add to make it back to the Stanley Cup Finals? It's a good question, but I'll also remember they're battling Block, they're battling battling yeah. the inevitability of parity as much as they're battling the other teams themselves. Yeah. What are some other names that, that uh just kind of in general you're you're looking at at the trade deadline that might kind of adjust the equilibrium of maybe the Eastern Conference, maybe the, the league as a whole? Well, I gotta say, among the teams that I don't think are gonna make the playoffs. Uh, there is a very notable player who drives shooting percentage. Let's use your terminology. Uh, who is a pending UFA? 
among teams that I think are not going to make the playoffs. And that's Steven Stamkos. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yeah, no, all that was just to set up a bit about thinking that the bolts are missing. Um, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of tough right now. Tyler Toffoli comes to mind with New Jersey on the outside of the bubble. Um, but like the players that I thought would be available due to their team's standings positions aren't gonna be available because their teams are doing better than I would have thought. <laughs> Yeah, maybe um, like Kane because they were doing the full court. Yeah, press for I would him. put Patrick Kane up there. I would I would have put Daniel Sprong up there just personally. I I really like Daniel Sprong. Yeah, me yeah, too. I he guess would really I fit. guess most of that is I thought the Red Wings would be sellers, and they aren't. <laughs> That's I, I like really all mix. I mean with what I said. <laughs> I like their mix, despite the like the having like a weird analytic profile but i mean I, I guess that that goes to show that the players are what the panthers kind of need because there there are guys like you know puck go in the net burr and the guy with the glasses and the wojack meme is like no you're not supposed to score without getting enough xg and <laughs> giving up so many you know that sort of thing yeah. but there you know daniel sprung Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkat, lucas raymond having a great year all those guys are like puck go in the net like burr Patrick Kane's like a point a game. Yeah. Coming off a of double hip surgery. Like and who and who cares if that he's dude's not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I do wonder in terms of reunions and players who drive shooting percentage among teams that are outside the playoff bubble and players who are pending UFAs. Uh between those four things, can you think of who I might be thinking of? Oh, reunions. Yeah, that's a key part of this. It's not Mike Hoffman. <laughs> I I don't think it's Riley Smith either, because I don't think you would say he drives shooting percentage. It is not because he does not. Huh. I don't want to take too long on this bit. So throw Is it Wenberg? It is exactly Alex Wenberg. That is wow. exactly who I'm thinking of. That's the only other guy I could think of that's like a reunion. Maybe yeah, Seattle, stats, Seattle's but... pretty far out of the picture. Uh Alex Wenberg, another player whose best season of his career in terms of scoring was when he was a Panther. Yeah. And he's probably not that expensive if you want if you want to go out and grab a third line center who can probably just slide to the wing and let Lundell stay in the middle. I think he's going to end up on the Rangers. It it sort of seems like reading between the lines in the media, they covet him. And it's actually great for the Panthers that it's shaping up that centers are going to be the most prized commodity at this trade deadline because they arguably have a, like a surplus. So many of their on. players are natural centers. They they have guys that could play center if they decided to trade a center. And yeah. like that puts them in a position where they don't even need an extra. Yeah. I would think, you know. When when you get hockey men like Rick Dudley and the Paul Fenton, they're probably gonna say like, "Oh, we need another center. We need a center iceman or whatever yeah. words they would use." Uh, I I wouldn't think that the Panthers would go in that direction, but that wouldn't be a bad idea for sure. Uh, I do I do kind of think that he's gonna command a decent price, though. I think he's gonna get a similar return to what Tanev got. To be completely honest, Wenberg. With you. There's no yeah. way. There's no way. We'll see. We'll see. I could be totally off. But I think every line that the Panthers typically ice 
has two natural centers on it. You've got Barkov, yeah. Reinhardt, both natural centers. Bennett and Verhage are both natural centers. Etu and Lundell are both natural centers. And I guess the fourth line, Stenland, is really the only center. Yeah, but he's Edovich like extra. And Lomberg aren't really natural centers. He's like but... extra center. He does all the center stuff. Yeah, and also by, centers, by center and like... also by the fourth line, who really cares? Yes. Um... <laughs> if Lomberg has to play center for a game, you're really not killing yourself over it. Right. Ooh, Lomberg, Gadjevich, Lockwood. That's a fun-sounding line. Also, they could call up Zach Dalpy. They could. Play that's true. Playoff hero Zach Delpy. I I I don't. Yes, centers typically come at a premium relative to wingers, but I don't think Wenberg has the same valuation as Tanev, because there is nothing that takes more of a premium than right-handed defensemen. That's true, especially not defensively responsible right-handed defensemen. Which is why it was so surprising that that didn't even get a first-round pick this year. Right. That's, I mean, that's kind of to circle back to the original point that started this whole conversation. Buyer's market. Mm-hmm. Go call the Capitals and bring in Anthony Mantha. <laughs> yeah. What's Look, if that's the price for Anthony Mantha, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Totally. If you can get Mantha for like a mid tier prospect and a couple of draft picks. Or even just one draft pick because Mantha's Mantha's not going to command the return that Chris Tanev did. What about Jordan Eberly from the same team? Uh I've been very hot and cold on Eberly throughout his career. I want to like him a lot more than I do. But for some reason, he just I don't know. He he feels like the kind of player that grows on trees in terms of I guess he do, he is kind of what the Panthers need though in terms of a middle six yeah. winger. Look, if you're if you're talking about that guy as a middle six winger, you're going to be very happy because I don't I don't think he's a middle six winger in terms of his true talent level. But if you're if you're talking about a cup winning team, yeah, that does fit the description of a middle six winger. Thirty four goals in 2011-2012 with the Oilers. I forgot he was an Oiler. That's that's a long time ago, man. I know. Let's not bring that. It's Thirteen up. years ago, um, twelve years ago. <laughs> God, Everly's been in the league for that long. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I I almost I forgot he was a, he was an Oiler. Like he was with the Oilers forever, but in my head when I think Jordan Everly, I think Islanders. Do you remember who he was traded for? Uh yes. Um I want to say From the Ryan Islanders. Strom. That's correct. Yeah. It was Ryan Strom. So stupid. Do you remember who the Oilers traded Ryan Strom for? Uh, to the Rangers for this is this is a harder one. This guy is not currently in the NHL. Oh, that's good because my gut wanted to say Ryan Reeves. Well, it was Ryan. Uh, it wasn't Ryan Forker. Oh my God, Ryan, Ryan Spooner! <laughs> These motherfuckers turned Jordan Everly into Ryan Spooner. Yeah, it, and Strom was decent with the Rangers too. Yes, he absolutely. Oh God, the Oilers turned his career around in New York. From that, all of all of been... that team success is despite itself. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's why I don't want them to succeed. Well, I mean, at least they got rid of Girali. True. But and now Ken they have Holland a hasn't been GM. much better. 
He's been much better just because Chiarelli was that bad. That's I guess, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I I, like I don't I don't trade. want. Yeah, I I just I don't want the Oilers to succeed. I I want Connor McDavid to succeed in general, but I don't want it to be as an Oiler because I don't think the Oilers deserve success for how they've been run for the last fifteen years. Yeah, but when McDavid's celebrating, you'll you'll find a way to appreciate it. I believe. Yeah, I'm sure I'll find the silver lining of oh, good, Connor McDavid finally won his first cup. Yeah, as long as it's not against the Panthers. Because if Connor the other McDavid, like if Connor McDavid wins his first cup against the Panthers, I will he will become my least favorite player. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> the Oilers become my least favorite team if they beat the Panthers for the cup. So is Vegas currently 32 for you? No, because Vegas was a good team. Vegas is a well-managed team. Gotcha. They deserved to win. Yes. Edmonton doesn't. Yeah. Uh, this makes sense to me. I, I understand. They've fumbled from. so many slam dunks. They don't deserve it, but they just happen to have the best player that we've seen in 20 years, if not more. And the answer to my question to you from before, TJ, they also have the NHL's active leader in shooting percentage and career shooting percentage in Leon Dreisaitl. Like between those two, th- those two just drag Edmonton to the bubble every year. And this year they're doing better than the bubble. Sure. Um, sure. Wasn't that way at first? Yeah. Not by much. Uh, yeah. Then they went on like a 16 game heater. Edmonton does not deserve success if they get it it will be because Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl i'll give evan bouchard some credit here because if they do anything he's a part of why uh yeah, yeah like it's it'll just be because those three guys dragged that team kicking and screaming in spite of its many many flaws and shortcomings and mistakes throughout the years so yes if Connor mcdavid finally gets to raise the cup over the Panthers. He becomes my least favorite player out of spite. <laughs> I, I wonder what the flyers do at this deadline, because I, I think that they're, they're liable to they're, trade they're, basically anybody on their team. I think they're a Stan Pat kind of team. They're not going to buy or sell. They're playing with I house money right now. I do think they're going to sell. They Why? They're, thir- some- they're third in the Metro. They're playing with house money right now. You don't mess but Briere has already been talking about this as being a full rebuild. Yeah, that I I think that was before John Tortorella managed to turn this team into a legit playoff team. I don't know. I don't think they're going to change course that quickly. I mean, and, and I don't think they still... expected to be third in the Metro this year. But what is that really worth, though? It's worth a shot at the cup because they're in the playoffs. But they're not winning the cup. No, I wouldn't think so. I, they I would think put, they don't. They don't necessarily think that. I would put any amount of money on my Hard Rock app that they're not winning the cup this year. But I wouldn't even be able. I to don't win disagree a with that. But I think when you're playing with house money like they are, I I don't think they. I don't think they'll sell this year. But that's like an opportunity cost fallacy because it's house money, sure. But you're giving up what you could get in those trades. Now, if that's nothing, if that's basically a bunch of shit, I guess, you know, go for it. But 
Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to a Lundell for Konechny swap personally. I think Konechny's really good, and I think that he would solve a bunch of Panthers' problems, especially in games where they really struggle. And he's that's, got another year on his contract. Yeah, I think that's a that's a conversation for another day. If well, I mean, if he's at the deadline, you can get two playoff runs out of him, and he's also at an age where maybe you can put him with Matthew Kachuk for years to come. Maybe it's just a perfect fit. You know, I know. like Konechny a lot, which is why I'm hesitant to speak on this particular trade. I just wonder if the Flyers would do Lundell for him. I don't know if I would. I don't think I would. Like that that's an awkward position for the Flyers to be in cuz like you said they are third in the metro. So the, with guys like that that are not 30. He's 26. Yeah. You could talk yourself into like well if we win the cup in like, you know, 2028 or something, he'd still be 30. He could still be on this team and like you know, if they do trade him, there's a worst case scenario where they get like the 27th overall pick and they take, you know, this year's Connor Bleakley <laughs> and, you know, they traded him for basically nothing. I do think that futures are a little bit overvalued. And it's funny for me to say that because like for almost the entire time that this podcast existed, except for the last three years, I've basically been trying to get the Panthers to trade their entire team for futures. Yeah. But futures are a little bit overvalued in general. And if you have Konechny, like I, when I say futures are a little bit overvalued, the reason that I still think a lot of teams should go after them is that their current status is like worthless. Like the, the Flyers could make the playoffs and I know that that does give them a shot of winning it. But like this year's Flyers team is clearly not the same as last year's Panthers team. I don't think it's hindsight to say that. I th- I think that we were pessimistic about the Panthers going into the playoffs because they were playing the Bruins, who you know set an NHL record for points in a in a regular season. I just don't think the Flyers are that good. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs, but like, there's usually two or three teams that are cannon fodder in the playoffs every year. This is yeah. this year's cannon fodder. And they might win one or two games in the first round against it's going to be Carolina. They're going to be third place in the Metro, I think, but they'll be, they'll be gone pretty quickly and we'll forget about it. Just like the Islanders playoff run last year. The Islanders made the playoffs last year. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for exemplifying my point. Jokes on you. I just simply have a bad memory. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's my plea to the Predators and the Flyers. Please sell. <laughs> Just so we can be in on Tommy Novak and Travis Konechny. Do, do you see the Trevor Konechny. Is it Travis or Trevor? I never it fucking is Travis. remember. It's Travis. Okay. It is thank Travis. Thank you. Because it's I'm, also I'm Travis confident. Sanheim. I Correct. always for, Yeah, I, I always forget whether their names are the same or different. <laughs> They're the same. I didn't ever think about that. I never thought about that. For some reason in my head, I'm always like, Philadelphia has one Travis and one Trevor. And I know Sanheim is a Travis, so Konechny must be a Trevor. But he isn't. He is also a Travis. That's right. (laughs) You got it. Such a pointless interlude. 
No, I think it's actually really amusing. Um, which of the other Eastern Conference teams do you think is is most likely to make like a big move? In or out? In. Toronto. I think Toronto is desperate for playoff success, and they'll do whatever they think is necessary. Um, you know, it's it's funny you say that because the the scuttlebutt has been, and you've probably been privy to this too, that like they haven't wanted to do a lot this year because they don't re- really believe in this team necessarily. Hmm. Hey, I, I guess that if I were a Leafs, you know. If I, w- if I was talking from the perspective of wanting the Leafs to win, I would probably say, are your chances going to improve? Like, what, what is, what's going to happen here? Oh, the Libushkin trade's be... official, speaking of Toronto. Three-way trade. He's he's not good. They don't need to do that. It's a, it's a three-way trade. Uh, Toronto gets Libushkin. Is that just double retention, or is their assets going to a third team? There must be. Um there must be, because yeah, Toronto gets Labushkin, Anaheim gets Toronto's third round pick, and and uh Carolina gets Toronto's sixth round pick. So there must be some retention in there. There double must be retention, double retention. Yeah. I mean, going through that for Labushkins, I don't understand. Congrats to Carolina for getting a sixth round pick just because. Yeah. That's a dart. Yep. It's like what the Panthers did with that one guy. Max Domi. Thank you. You take the Thanks, Darcy Aaron, point. I'm just going to say that that was the pick that they got Jack Devine with, even though that's not true because it was a sixth round pick, <laughs> not a seventh round pick. That's fake news. I, I could definitely see the Leafs adding another defenseman, though. Like, this can't be the move. Ilya Blubushkin. No. There's no chance that this, like, I'm serious. Like, I, I think Toronto is the team that makes the big splash at this year's deadline. Of they the, need it more than anyone else. Of the defensemen that the Panthers started the season with, including Ekblad and Montour, for the sake of argument, I'd rather have every single one of them than Lushkin. Oh, totally. Mike Riley included. What's the name of that that European guy? I can't even remember his fucking name. He was good, too. Uvis Belinskis? Uh, Belinskis. Yeah, Belinskis. I would rather have him. How dare you Lushkin. forget about the legend Uvis Belinskis? He fucking scored. That dude's well, lighting up. That dude's score. lighting Charlotte up. Like, he's so good at the AHL level. How the hell was this guy in the Czech League? That's not a good league. That's really crazy to me. He did only have the two points, though. That's a little interesting because I, I remember him being really good. Yeah, he, but he, he was. Has, he has 17 points in 27 games in the AHL as a defenseman. Like, that's so good. What about Lukey Carlson? What's he got? I'm sure he's doing awesome because that's what the what he fuck does. did you just call him? Lukey. Don't. He's got 15 goals. 39, yeah, 39, 39 points in 52 games for Lucas Carlson. So that's a pretty similar pace. Still my Panther, guy. Panthers would, are loading up their Charlotte blue line. I would still be excited if he came down to Florida. I'm I'm the last guy here with Lucas Carlson stock. Uh, actually, that's probably not true because I it's think not. There, are, there are a bunch of other guys, people God, here that would be excited to see so him. Bad man, it really, I really don't understand. Tree Living has not done a good job this year. Looking at his hockey viz chart, Lubushkin has 
one season where he's been a net positive to his team. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. This year, especially he's been rough. Well, this year, especially Anaheim has been terrible. So I have some patience for that, but the fact is that his career does not lend itself particularly well to him being good at his job. There was that one year where he yeah, seems to be a blanket. Well, the 21-22, he was also good defensively. Yeah. Uh, yes, the Riley Nash Award. Do you think that Boston's going to find a way to do something meaningful? I don't know. I'm not sure that they would want to. I mean, they're in contention for the president's trophy. Yeah, but I mean, we can all tell that their roster is just not very deep. Yeah, also OT merchants. Correct. There's no loser point in the playoffs, Boston. TJ pointed out uh, Boston currently leads the league in overtime losses tied with the rain. They have more overtime losses than regulation losses. That's what I was going for. But I also just wanted to see uh, Boston's 14 overtime losses are the most in the league tied with the Islanders. And they yeah, have the Islanders, regulation losses. The Islanders are OT merchants and they're still like on the far outside <laughs> looking in. of playoffs. like, bro, <laughs> they're OT merchants, except also they're bad. <laughs> yes. Man, that's a that's pathetic. That, that is that's really a sad situation and they're they're not getting out of there i, know, I would really hate to be the bruins <laughs> <laughs> do you remember earlier in the season it was like it was like mid-october late october or something uh and the panthers lost uh it was like 5-3 they lost to the bruins it was 4-3 plus an empty netter and i made i think it might comment. have been that overtime game uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, actually, yes, you're right. It was an overtime game because I made I put out a tweet that was like, yeah, because they they scored OT and celebrated, and I was like, oh, they're celebrating like they just won Game Seven of the first round, or they they're celebrating like they just beat the President's Trophy winners in Game Seven of Round One, and I pissed yeah. off so many Bruins fans. Yeah, you did with that tweet. And they were all like, fucking scoreboard, we've only lost zero games so far this season. And I was like, yeah, you beat us in overtime while we're still missing our top two defensemen. Come back to me in five months and let's talk. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk, Boston fans. Let's let's do it. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> so I, I guess that other than Toronto, Carolina is probably the most likely to make a mad. move. Yeah, Carolina, probably. Carolina has never been... Carolina's never been the type to go after a rental, though, so I don't know. Like, apparently, like, when there was... David Taravainen's expiring. But they they got to keep that guy, though. They have to. They sure do have to keep him. It would be really stupid of them to lose out on Tevu Taravainen, now wouldn't it? Anyway, Bill Zito, uh, if you're hearing <laughs> this... On let's, let's please remember midnight, his country midnight of Midnight on July 1st, 2024... I want you on the phone with Tebu Taravainen's agent. And I Mr. want that Taravainen's man in a fucking agent. Panthers jersey that day. Are you aware that we are going to Finland this season? <laughs> Let's bring him home, baby. Let's I'm bring him home. If if we get Taravainen, if the Panthers get Taravainen this summer, I... I will buy that jersey. I'm sorry. I yeah, me too. I'm a huge Tavu Taravainen fan, and, and oh, I have been since he was a Blackhawk. Players. He's one of the most underrated players in the Stanley league. That guy's Cup a first champion, Tavu Taravainen. Yes, for the record, he won in 2015 
And Finish Reinhardt. Yeah. Um, I think so. Blue chip Nick Ehlers. But he doesn't have the speed. Tevu Teravainen? I mean, Nick Ehlers is like Whose one of the nickname fastest players. Is Turbo? I just thought that was a name thing. I mean, Tevu and Turbo aren't that similar. They have the same number of syllables and the same first letter, and that's about it. And they also start with the same syllable and end with the same syllable. Tevu and Turbo? I guess it's not the same. <laughs> nah, it isn't. No. <laughs> it's close, though. First letter. We'll we'll say that. Sure. First that's, and last letter. That's kind of my point. Uh, no, I'm I'm a huge Teravinen fan though, and like that this is such a long shot, but he would be my top my. He, so we have Anthony Mantha at the top of my trade deadline board. Tavu uh-huh. Teravinen is the top of my July first UFA board. Yeah, and I mean this could change next week because we've been talking about oh the Predators won't sell Novak because they're in the eighth spot. If the if the Capitals go on a streak here, they could be like one or two points behind the Lightning and the Flyers. I hope they, do they don't go on a streak then, because I want Anthony Mantha in Sunrise. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I mean, I would want them to add somebody from the Capitals other than Dowd, which I just don't think they're well suited to pay the price for. I, I you know, hopefully they they do something fun. At the very least, we'll we'll get. Yeah. It'll certainly make the the this home stretch more interesting. Which yeah. I mean, I'm already watching all the games that I am not preoccupied, and it's it is a lot of fun. But we would have more to talk about. Yeah. When they and if they add for something. the record, if you also want another measure of consistency for this year's Florida Panthers, did you know that their home and away records are the exact same? That's awesome. I love that. They are 28 and two at home, and they are 28 and two on the road. That rules. And I think we did mention already that they have the best goal differential in the league now. We did. And they you mentioned did. that at the top. Yeah. I think. All right. So next week's the trade deadline special. Woo! We've gone too long to do any parade unless you want to do something real quick. No. I I do want to say it is March. So fellow college basketball fans, this is March. Get excited. I'm excited. March Madness, also known as the NHL trade deadline. (laughs) (laughs) Selection Sunday. When some we find out who selected, you know, um, who's gonna get traded at this deadline. Noah Hannah. Correct. That's when we find out who selected Noah (laughs) Hannah. Selection Sunday. All right. Uh rate us five stars on movers.com because there's going to be a bunch of guys on there that are going to have to hire some movers when they get traded. Bear, that's a good one. <laughs> I could tell from your face that you like that one. At first I was very confused. And then you explained I, I, the joke, which always makes it funnier. <laughs> Every time I explain one of my jokes, everybody just starts laughing. <laughs> well, the thing is your jokes aren't funny because nobody gets them. And then you that's, explain them, and people are like, and then oh, they yeah, start, I guess that's funny. And then they start laughing at me. Right. I'm glad you understand the dynamic here. <laughs> oh, and I do want to go, uh, I do want to say before the podcast ends, uh, I, I already mentioned this to you, but my prediction is that the the same playoff 
eight playoff teams in the East that currently have their spots are going to make it. I don't think. I don't think the Devils are getting in. I don't think the Penguins are getting in. I don't. No, think the, the Devils are jumping Tampa, and that's it. All right. Pittsburgh has six games in hand on Tampa. What? Are you serious? I am. Tampa has played 62. Pittsburgh has played 56. That is cr- okay. Never mind. I have to take that back now. Because Tampa still has a higher points percentage, but six six games in hand is a lot of games in hand. Yeah, I mean they have to make up eight points, but yeah, Jesus. Actually, that's wow. Yeah, that does really. Put Although Pittsburgh is currently losing to Seattle. All right, rate us five stars on Movers.com, like we said. Jake, final notes. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers. Go Panthers.